Hello and welcome to another episode of the Successful Home Ownership Show with your host Richard McKenzie with First Inspection Services out of the Greater Cincinnati office. I am really looking forward to this podcast because I have done quite a few property evaluations for investors lately. What is that? A property evaluation is not a full home inspection or property inspection or even a full commercial property inspection. It is meant to be a limited scope one-off for an investor who is buying a property that may have some of the utilities off or even all of the utilities off and they are buying a property with the intent of renovating it and then leasing it. Okay, so what are some of the things that we have observed about such properties and during these evaluations? What I want to do, I want to pass on some tips, some observations. What I have taken in And I guess I'll borrow the phrase from Farmers Insurance, which is, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Having done enough of these property valuations, I know some of the mistakes people make, some of the assumptions people make, some of the pros, some of the cons, things to watch out for, things to take into account. So if you have a paper and pen, you may want to jot a few things down if you are in this market to find And I'm going to probably use some examples of four-family houses that are quite old and need to be totally renovated. And then hopefully you can increase the rent that was there previously and make it a good cash flow for you for either another source of income or a primary source of income. So let's dive into this. First things first, you stumble across... A property and you found out about it from some means most of these typically are not listed you find out about it somehow some way and then you call up an inspector to take a look at the property and find out what are the biggest things with it what are some of the risks and so forth I like to add a lot more to this. I want to help you be successful in making a purchase and finding the right property for you, whether you are a novice at investment property or experienced, period. So are there some things that I have seen that can help you be successful. I hope so. Let's talk about things you may not think about. When when a client has me do a property evaluation, I like to drive by the property first, especially if it's a large property. And, and most of these, I'm going to make an assumption too that I'm orienting this podcast towards at least multifamilies, if not apartment buildings, okay? Something four units or more. 
not just a single family house that you're buying that you hope is going to be okay and you're going to rent to somebody for three grand a month, whatever. Um, something that is going to have multiple units, multiple families in it, and there are a, a myriad of things that need to be considered about that, especially if it is within the city limits, not out in, in the not out in the county area, but in a city, in a metropolitan area that may have jurisdiction over the rentees as far as the like the local metropolitan housing authority, whoever that may be. In Cincinnati, that would be the Cincinnati Metropolitan Housing Authority. Okay, so they always have says on certain things, whether it be a fire escape or or fire extinguishers, smoke detectors, carbon monoxide detectors. So there, those are some things right there to think about. Well, let's talk about when you get to the property and you think you're all, let's say you're so excited about this property. You think you have found the gem. You have found the diamond in the rough. You think you have blah, blah, blah. Let's talk about some things that you need to consider. And I'm just going to throw these out kind of like a pinball machine. So if again, I've, I've, I've mentioned a pen and paper, you may want to think about these. Who is going to pay the electric? Individuals or you? Who will pay for the hot water and or water? You or your leasee? A lot of times for the older properties, they tend to have boilers. The boiler tends to be associated with maybe some independent water heaters, but there's no isolated gas meters for a four-family house. Sometimes there are. Sometimes there are. Sometimes you may be able to just pay for water. That's probably your best case. You pay for water and everybody else pays their gas and electric. Sometimes with with a boiler system, if you don't have four independent um, gas, gas, uh, natural gas burning furnaces, you may be stuck with the heating bill as well because of the boiler. Okay, so that's something to think about. That cuts into your profit. That cuts into your cash flow. So make sure you you know what you're getting into. And sometimes it, it might be worth taking out the boiler and putting in four or if the building is an eight or uh, <clears throat> one recently was a seven because they had a basement apartment. So you're going to have maybe six or seven different uh, furnaces versus having a boiler. Okay, so that's something to think about. You always want to make sure for your electric solution that you do have a house panel. Maybe you want to have, I highly recommend coin laundry where you either rent the, rent the machines from a local um, laundry company. Believe it or not, Cincinnati has a company called Cincinnati Coin Laundry. And you can either buy or sell washers and dryers, coin operated, uh, from them and put those in your basement. And, and you need to probably, for a four family, you definitely want to have at least one or two washers, one or two dryers, um, probably two of each. Sometimes, and I forget which one it is, Sometimes you need to have, um, I think it's dryers, more, more dryers than you have washers. They tend to last, you know, they, they run longer for each cycle and, um, and you tend to use those a lot more. So think about the coin laundry. So we've covered electric, we've covered gas, water. 
Um, some of the things that we see inside these buildings, okay? A lot of times you go inside and it's there's no utilities on. It's a shell of a building. Sometimes people have, and we run into this a lot, the previous owner started renovating and maybe they were working with another partner and they had a falling out. The falling out tends to be pretty common. So think about who you're working with. If you're going to have an investment partner, well, you better talk about at length about what the future looks like, what your visions are. They might be different. You don't just go in and trust your friend and buy a property and think you're going to have the same dream and plan about that. You need to really have some significant meetings and heart-to-heart talks with your investment partner before you go in with more than one person on a property. Because your falling out is what helps other people get properties on the cheap that are caught somewhere in the middle of a renovation and it makes it easy for another party to buy that and finish the renovation. We have definitely run into that a lot as well. All right, so when we go into these places that have no no utilities on, some of the things that we have seen are just pretty amazing. Uh, We have gone into basements and this recent one that was a seven family Um, had a mattress on the basement floor, somebody was sleeping there, camping out at night, one of the windows was open in the back, so I know how they're getting in, there were some needles on a couch next to the boiler, Um, yeah, so you got heroin issues going on, Uh, that's, that's pretty bad. What does that tell you about the area of that property? Well, you need to gauge your perspective as to what types of clientele you're going to have oh I think I'm going to have each unit be a boutique looking thing that's really close to the regentrifying area in the city and I'm going to have high-end clientele no you're not well I'm going to have people who are going to stay at the university students because well no you're not um you got to walk past a pretty ghettoized area to get to this property. And that being the case, you're only going to be able to charge so much money before the rest of the neighborhood gets regentrified. And you're really, you're really planning for the future, hoping that the rest of the street all the way up to, to near the university and then back down the other way towards the regentrifying area because this building is smack in the middle of it. What is the identity of this building going to be? So you need to think about the future. Also, if, is there a vacant lot next door that can be purchased possibly by you? And maybe you can cut a driveway in and put parking in the back. That's a possibility. Or maybe build a garage. That's a possibility also. That certainly does increase your rents, but that's not what is there today. What is there today is no parking in front on a busy street. You got to pull the tires up on partially on the sidewalk to park in front, which means that most of your clientele might be uh, Metro bus clientele. If you have Metro bus clientele, you might be talking about maybe Section 8 renters. Section 8 renters have requirements per that city's Metropolitan Housing Authority, and certain things have to be in place to qualify. Uh, four properties to have those. A lot of them are safety. A lot of them are carbon monoxide detectors, smoke detectors, fire extinguishers. Um, the, the, the 
fire escape needs to be in working order and, and, the, and your local city needs to probably be the inspector of that. Okay, so these are things to take in consideration. Absolutely. Um, just some suggestions also. Four types of buildings with roofs and, and windows. Let's talk about roofs and windows. They tend to be very expensive. If you buy a property that has the single pane metal windows or wooden windows, at some point you're going to need to replace those with vinyl. Why? Otherwise you're going to have the lead paint chips all over the window areas. That's going to probably cause problems with the housing authority. And then you may have the potential of tenants suing you in the future. And don't, don't underestimate your tenants. Some of them may be very savvy and sometimes they have a game that they play where they rent, they give you a whole bunch of cash up front, they are in there for two to three months, and they have no intention of ever paying again. And then you got to deal with a lawyer and go downtown and sit in eviction court, and this is after they have not paid you for several months. So you're, you're, one of your units is, is like a drag on a boat anchor, and it's causing you a lot of problems. So tenant screening, very important. And I know I've kind of strayed away from the roof and windows here, <clears throat> but the lead paint was just kind of a thread that I had to pull, so forgive me. Um, yeah, I've managed property before, so I know what this is like. Uh, tenant screening is very important, and you want to have a building that's very safe so that people don't, don't sue you also. Um, I've never been sued. I'm not going there, but uh, I have certainly had situations where they didn't pay. And tenants' rights really probably in this day and age outweigh the landlord's rights, and the pendulum has swung the other way quite a bit. So you really have to, to make sure you get some, some tenants in there that are definitely going to be very uh, conscientious, very uh, prompt with, with their rent. Okay, windows again. Ultimately, you want to get to the vinyl replacement windows, and on a roof, out of all the properties that I have seen, managed, inspected, I think you have the fewest problems with a straight forward shingled roof versus the rubber membrane flat roof that tends to have seams, tends to have issues, ponding water, and, and leaks over time. Um, and so a traditional roof tends to be, I think, lower maintenance than does the rubber membrane roofs. So I'm just putting it out there as a thought. If you can, try to have your roofer not roof over a roof hatch if you have more than three stories. You want to make access to the roof very easy. So a roof hatch with some locks on it, maybe a hydraulic latch or, or hatch rather, um, <clears throat> is a good thing. So take that into consideration and file that away as something you jot down. There was one... Um, one suggestion that I also have, your, your lease needs to be really explicit and you need to go over with tenants what their responsibilities are versus yours. Who's changing the air filters? Um, do you have fireplaces and are fires allowed in the fireplace? I suggest you don't have fireplaces unless you have a very high-end cli high clientele uh, unit that has really, really uh, just a gas automatic um, remote driven uh, fireplace etc maybe you don't even use the flue because it's a high efficiency gas fireplace 
Um, so I, I highly recommend avoiding fireplaces. That's for obvious reasons. That's a risk. Um, one, one little piece of ash or a cigarette or just something waiting to burn down the building. So that's, that's my opinion about that. Also, if you are not a high-end clientele with, with high-end rent, then I suggest you try to avoid garbage disposals and dishwashers. Why? Because with those, you end up with an intimate relationship with your plumber on a first-name basis, and he's at your building a lot. Um, and, and make sure your tenants also know that if a tenant, uh, if a plumber is called out and they have to snake out the sewer, uh, sewer line, and if maxi pads, tampons, diapers, and other things are pulled out of there, and other things that you have said explicitly to not flush down the toilet, then that fee is tacked on to your leasee's rent. Um, I'm just putting it out there. I've been through that before too. You just need to make it very clear what is allowed to be flushed and not flushed. Um, and that's the same by the same logic why dishwashers and garbage disposals with people putting oatmeal, grits, uh, cereal, rice, um, stringy things, just stuff. It's, it's not a trash can. Um, so really important for that. Okay, so just, just some tips that I have observed. Now, going back to evaluating the property, however, I left off with the windows and the roof. We covered that. Um, some other things to definitely think about. What does the land look like on your property? Is it surrounded by trees, bushes, weeds, and so forth? If so, you really need to have a good 10-foot path around your property and for security reasons so people can't hide. You don't have you know, drug deals going on behind the bushes. Um, spotlights. Spotlights are fantastic sensor lights. What about the front door? Do your tenants want to feel safe? Then either use a timer or a sensor for the front door. If you have a driveway and maybe you have a four-family that has four garages, then you want to have spotlights come on at the beginning of the driveway when they pull up coming from second shift or third shift. And and when they get there, those spotlights go on each corner of the house. And then when they are about to pull into the garage, a spotlight comes on. Maybe these are on timers. Maybe they're on sensors, motion detectors. But that would be really good to do. Okay, just some, just some thoughts for you. Um, if you buy an older building, one of the things you might run into is a lead water supply line. In most metropolitan areas, a lead water supply line needs to be replaced. And with the transaction of real estate transaction, when it changes hands, at least in Cincinnati, and this is probably true in other cities, um, once that changes hands with any new owner, that has to be changed out. To change out a lead water supply line, at least in the Cincinnati area, is probably about three grand, depending on how much distance has to be dug or how much concrete has to be removed and able to put in a new uh, water supply line. So that's something to consider as well. When you have boilers, sometimes you have the circulating, uh, circulating boiler and the insulation around those pipes many, many times is going to be asbestos-based. So what do you need? You need to have a way to encapsulate that safely. There are insulation companies who do that type of insulation encapsulation to make it safe. 
so that it does not become friable. What is friable? Friable is when the crumbling fibers fly through the air, they get breathed in by you and your lungs, and they become an irritant that is a cancer-causing agent, okay? So that is what that is all about. So we've covered some things about asbestos. We've covered some things about um, about the lead chips and paint and so forth, about windows. Now, other sources of asbestos might be the 9-inch floor tiles that might be on your basement floor. That's where they tend to reside. Those are things that definitely like glue down carpet or putting LVT, luxury vinyl tile, on top of uh, and encapsulating that, making it safe so it's not crumbling, not being friable again, using that word again. That's an important thing to do. Um, Also, how much power do you have going to your building? Uh, And and if you, it is best to have separate meters for each party. Okay, that's one thing. Also, if your building is one of these older buildings and you only have, say, 100 amps going in, which means you really only have 50 for a four-family house, or if you have a six-family, well, you can do the math there. That's a lot less. Um, six into into a hundred that's just not going to work for a modern modern apartment if you have a a, a stove that either if it's gas okay so that's going to use a 15 amp breaker but let's say you have an electric stove what about your refrigerator what about the laundry in the basement and what if people are using multiple washers and multiple dryers at the same time that hundred amp is not going to do it you're really going to need a minimum of, of 200 for the larger apartment building, you may need two 150s or two 200s. Um, that's something to consult a licensed electrician about. And then also for an older building, you want to make sure all your junctions and so forth with the knob and tube wiring are all made safe. And you may need to actually get rid of the knob and tube wiring in the attic if you're adding insulation because you cannot pile insulation on top of knob and tube wiring because it is air-cooled. Okay, so that's something to think about as well. You can get to a point for your cash flow for a property, if you renovate it right, where you have a very low maintenance property, vinyl replacement windows, a newer roof, separate furnaces, possibly separate air conditioners, unless you have a boiler, You get to a point where you're either paying for just the hot water or you're paying for hot water and gas and everybody else pays their own electric and their rent. So you need to think about that. Um, Where people's cars go if they do own cars. Balance that with are your clientele going to be riding the bus clientele or are they going to be owning their own car or is it kind of a combination of the both? So think about that. These are things you want to you want to consider. Now, at a recent property valuation, it was sort of a drive-by before we went to a property valuation. There was like a 30, 26 or 30 unit multiple apartment buildings that that the the client wanted us to evaluate. And I took a trip out there and I decided to take my youngest son with me. He's got a pretty good eye. So he noted that there were some some uh, papers stuck to the window, and those were, were permits from the city for, for building. So those are still there, yet 
the building isn't finished and they're not working on it anymore. So that was a very nice observation on his part. I'll give him credit. That was one negative, uh, one knock on the property. Again, sometimes you run into partners who run out of money and they, they are at odds with each other and they realize that, oh, your, your dream is to own 500 properties. Well, mine was to just own these three and be done with it. Well, I think we're incompatible now. So maybe something like that. But another red flag that popped up was the sidewalk had recently been replaced on the backside of these units. Hmm. The porches. Well, the bottom step does not land on the ground anymore because the ground is missing. Hmm. Problem. What does that mean? That means significant soil loss and washout is going on on the backside of these properties and they are basically sliding down the hill. I could have made extra money on this and gone through with the property valuation and probably done pretty well on the inspection fee. I didn't. I chose to tell the person, look, here's some pretty weighty issues going on with these properties. I'll just give this to you for free. And they decided to walk away from that. Properties sliding off a hill are not going to be a good thing. And they're probably going to add fifty dollars to $100,000 um, to your fee, which probably is not something in your budget for renovation before you get up to rent ready. So therefore, um, that is because of helical piers, uh, putting in some more topsoil, building a retaining wall, uh, retaining wall, man, and some of stuff like that, you're, you're, you're going way over a hundred thousand on some of these hills, especially in Cincinnati. So at any rate, those are things to take into consideration. So I hope so far you've taken in some good info that will help you. Um, let's talk about your renovation crew and what you see as a vision. When you look at when you look at the property and you're touring it, you have to be able to envision the finished product. Weigh your clientele with what types of appliances, what types of wear and tear, what types of countertops, what types of everything in that property, okay? Safe electric, uh, kitchen appliances, bathroom, vanities, tubs, showers, are you going to put in crappy stuff that gets worn out and the toilet is loose every time you, you change hands and you got to put in new carpet every time? Or are you just going to be done with it and put LVT down that probably will never need to be changed because it's such good stuff. They put it in hospitals, office settings, luxury vinyl tile, that is. If you put it down right, you're probably done. Period. End of story. Okay. Yeah, it costs a little more up front, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to wear very well. So set up your renovation with the right crew. And know your crew. Know your general contractor. Know what types of how he's doing estimates. And I'm going to tell you right now. At the time that I'm recording this, all contractor teams are busy, busy, busy. They are already on jobs and they are going to lose work and lose pay for them to be pulled off a job to go and calculate minutia 
for an estimate. Okay, so them charging you to give you an estimate for a large project is very reasonable because that's time on their part that they may not get the job. Plus, they've pulled off a paying job to come calculate and crunch numbers for you. And during a time that crunching numbers is very tenuous. Why? Because construction materials and and different things that you would buy at Lowe's, Home Depot, Menards, etc., or plumbing supply store, electrical supply store, lumberyard, those things are very hard to get scarce right now at the time that we're recording this. That could change, but those prices swing wildly. So their estimate could swing wildly. So there's going to be a lot of error, room for error in those estimates. So if you have a six unit place or seven unit or four, and you're calculating how much to bring each apartment to a rent ready status, please be flexible and understand your general contractor needs to give you some numbers that have some play in them. Okay, having a fixed firm fixed price that isn't going to change might be good today, but 90 days from now could be totally different. So be reasonable and understand that everybody is trying to do a win-win. So uh, let's let's try to make things win-win and and be reasonable with people. Okay, Um, so know your team, know how they're going to do it. Um, If you haven't ever worked with this team. Maybe you want to find out some references and and call some previous people they're doing work for and how they are. You don't want to be in one of these situations where you pick the wrong crew. It's going horribly. It's putting stress between you and your investment partner if you have one. Um, and that's just that's just how again that's how other people end up with your building at a at a cheap price because you couldn't finish the job. So take those in consideration. Uh, property things that you tend to look at and and really affect the value of the property and the and the rent you can charge, whether it has a, gar- a garage or not, okay, whether it already has vinyl replacement windows or not, the age of the roof, the boiler versus independent furnaces, whether it has air conditioning centrally or whether it has window air conditioners only or if it has no air conditioning. Okay, that's possible too. We've seen that. Sometimes people don't even know that when they're buying the property. And there's no room for ductwork because ductwork's never been in there. They've only had a boiler. Well, running ductwork is very expensive. Okay, that's something to think about. Um, Location, location, location. Be really savvy about your location. Don't make such big assumptions about your lo- your rent amount based on your location if you aren't 100% sure of who your clientele is going to be. You need to know who your target clientele is going to be. Renovate according to that. Think about the future too. Could it change? Are you in an area that could be regentrified in the future? You may want to spend a little bit more if you think it's going to improve in the future because you don't want to have to renovate twice. You want to renovate once. Maybe you want to put more money down now 
make a more swanky looking place because you you know something that maybe your neighbors don't and that's that there's some special grants going on in this area and whatnot and that's another thread to pull know what grants you have if there's some grants that help you with an area that you get some some cheap cheap loan or or maybe free money uh, no such thing as free money um well maybe there is i don't know but those are things to take in consideration of of your clientele your location what the future looks like you can't predict the future perfectly but maybe you can make some some bets based on the information that you have and your gut feel okay uh, goodness gracious I've really crammed a lot into this episode and I think it's been really good I've really enjoyed this um, I think I've exhausted what I want to talk about now so uh, if you have any questions and you want to pick my brain on anything my email address is richard at firstinspections.com that's richard at the number one st and inspections is plural dot com and until our next episode and i might do a part two on this on on investment properties so look for that in the future um thank you for listening mm-hmm.